Welcome to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Judy Sharp, joined today by myself, Greg Richard. How are you going today, Judy? I'm very well, Greg, and yourself? Not too bad at all. After that little charcuterie board that oh. Foreman put together. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I did, I did get a bit tempted. <laughs> More than happy to help yourself. What have you got for us today, Judy? Uh, well, I think the gardening is rolling quickly towards Christmas. Yep. So a lot of hints about, you know, what to do when you're going away on holidays and leaving your garden, neglecting it. It's funny how everyone suddenly, you know, they're waiting for the rain and they're out there with the hoses yep. getting ready for spring and then, oh, here's Christmas. <laughs> oh, we're going away now for three weeks. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit of that we can talk about. Mm. So we've got to kind of start planning on, I guess, keeping our garden watered. and. Yeah, you know, you, the secret is to be very nice to your neighbours, your neighbours, yeah. <laughs> your, uh, your friends, your relatives, and all you've got to do is leave hoses attached to all the different um, taps. Yep. Make it easy for them. Yep. That's the secret. And then they don't mind doing it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, bring them back a nice bottle of something to yeah. say thank you. Yeah. I think as long as you do that, you should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's guarding talk back on to when you are FM. And we've got Bill from Swansea, and he's got a question about, he's got an old, old rose tree that's getting a bit too hard to cut back. Oh, good morning, Bill. Oh, good afternoon, good sorry. Yeah, good afternoon, it's turned afternoon. Uh, so what I've got, I used to have a beautiful uh, rose that you could eat the flowers, I've had a beautiful smell, it was very nice, and it got borers, and we, uh, we've treated the borers, killed the borers, but my wife Right, so you you let your wife cut it back? No, she did it without telling me. She saw it on YouTube. Oh, right. They said to cut off off the dead bit, but she also cut off all the um, green shoots. So we've got no rose now, Bill? Possibly. I'm wondering if it's dead or or not. I don't know. Have you consulted your solicitor yet? Sounds a bit sus, doesn't it? Sabotage. <laughs> Look, Bill, unfortunately, you know, roses have got a time slot, particularly if they get borer in them. Um, and I had, uh, I've got a lot of climbing roses on my side fence and um, one that I absolutely adore, it's pink uh, and white, and it disappeared this year and I found it. It was on the other side of the fence it had got too heavy and it dropped off. So where is your rose growing or was it growing? It had its own little spot right at the back door. Right, okay. Um, maybe that's where she throws her, you know, the old oil or something when she's finished cooking and she's she sabotaged it. Oh, no, no, just, uh, I don't think so. If anything, it'd be me trying cup to tea and stuff like that. It's a long walk to the back door. So it's not getting any poisons or anything on it. Right. Okay, so tell me, is it in the sun or the shade? Uh, I guess the morning sun and I guess yeah, a bit day sun. I guess a little bit of the afternoon sun. Yeah, because roses do like the full sun, of course. I say full sun. So yeah, they do. So if you get a, another one uh, to take its place... 
Just make sure you, you dig out the old soil so that there's no sign of borers around. And if you want a lovely rose to plant, my Crepsicule at the moment is out in flower. Now, it's a semi-climber. Uh, so, you know, it's no trouble. You don't have to do anything to it at all. So I don't know whether you're up for buying a new one or you're up for getting a new wife. <laughs> what do you think, Bill? Is she listening? Oh, no, she's at work. Oh! <laughs> you... Hi, Dora, or Twonsie Vinnies, if you're there. I'm on my way to work. I work at the All right. Okay, so what's the decision here? Are we going to get a new rose to put in or just deal with the old rose? Oh, I think I'm just going to see if it does shoot. Right. Because the other, it's been very flat, but most of the roses have died back a bit. But they've all got new shoots, but this one, I'll give it another month or two and wait till it. Okay. But why don't you hit it with some sudden impact? You reckon that one? That's what I was sort of saying. Sudden impact, you reckon? Yes, oh, definitely. Look, I think it's incredible. I know that might get it to shoot. Yeah, it might, and you can always use it on your other roses anyway, uh, but at least you'll feel you've done something to give it a chance. Yeah, I'd like to hopefully it grows back. Yeah, right, so sudden impact. Sudden impact, definitely. What's the best time of year to plant it? Uh, look, you can plant roses most of the year. It doesn't really matter, um, yeah. as long as you keep the water up to them when you plant them. So let's let's hit it with a sudden impact first and then we'll see what's going to happen. Right, hopefully that fixes it. Yeah, but don't, well, I'll say this quietly, don't put it on your wife's dinner. Come <laughs> on, I might get her to pay for it. <laughs> okay, Bill, you have a lovely Christmas. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. We've got Marie now from Swansea and one of her plants is dying. Hello, Marie. What's the problem going on? Oh, um, I recently planted a young genister yellow wimp. Right, and right. It had a, had a few flowers on at the time, which dropped off. Um, then, since then, all the leaves have gradually died. Um, I, I've got just got no idea why the. The branches, the small branches, still um, they're still flexible. Like if you bend them, they don't snap. So okay. it might still be trying to, to live. Stems alive yeah. in the branches, yeah. but the leaves have just gradually all gone brown. Um, I wondered about curl grub or something like that, so I I dug it out, but I couldn't find anything, and the roots seemed perfectly healthy. Right. Uh, and I put it back. Um, a couple of days ago, I gave it a weak solution of um, liquid nitrogen fertiliser. Yep. Um, but I just don't know what's going on with it. Uh, Marie Swansea, you getting much salt there? Um, we're not far from the ocean. Yeah, look, that yeah. could be it, you know, because their leaves, the genista leaves, are very, very fine, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. I'm wondering if that could be the problem. Ah, uh, okay. I maybe, think of that. yeah, maybe. Can you move it into a pot and try and restore it that way and put it in a more sheltered space? 
Oh, I could do, yes, yes. That's okay. what I'd be inclined to do, dear, because <laughs> okay. I've got a strong feeling that that's yeah. the problem. Be- because I can't find, like, there's nothing in the soil, there's nothing on the leaves, there's, yeah. No, but that salt, yeah. it just yeah. drifts in. Mm. It, it doesn't actually, the wind doesn't blow it in. It, it, when you live that close, it drifts in all the time. Yeah. And then when yeah. the wind blows, the wind then burns the salt in. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, yes. so, um, okay. you know, if it's in a pot and maybe you hose it off every third day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to be a bit keen now to beat the salt <laughs> and see what happens, dear. Okay, thank you so much, Judy. Thank you, Marie. Yeah. Have a lovely Christmas. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Pauline from Toronto, and she's got grubs in her gardenias. Oh, Pauline, and a standard gardenia as well. Yeah, I've had the two um, standard gardenias for about 15 years and they've survived all the moves that I've had. Uh, they're not pot-bound. One decided to start, uh, that last um, one of the previous uh, callers, and I thought, oh, this is, I've got a ring. Um, I found massive grubs in it when I, and then the other one started doing the same. Um, and I cut all the foliage back. I haven't one starting to bud, but the other one's not looking too happy. I'd, I'd be devastated to lose them. But where do the where do they get? How do they get in there when you've got really good soil? And uh, Pauline, are you talking about the witchetty grubs, the white ones yeah, with the red I don't head? Know whether yeah, yeah, whether they're curl grubs or witchetty yeah. grubs. Okay, so you've dug down and you found them in the soil. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, the best thing you can do is buy some carbrol. Right. And water that through to kill them. Uh, So water it into the soil. Yeah, water it into the soil and do it regularly because um, if they're what they they love pots, so they'll probably go into your other one once they've eaten this one to death. So um, get the carbon. It looks like that's what I found. The other one started going and found the carbon. Yeah, yeah, carbon. Right. With a C. Uh Yep, I have got some of that, so I'll be able Oh, excellent. Okay, up. we'll go yep. out now and hit them straight away, right, the little I horrors. I'll do that. And, and is there anything like a long-term um, pesticide that you can sort of put, like little plugs or something in? I thought years ago there was something you could put into the ground that for like a slow release of sorts. Well, you can keep using the carbral because oh, okay. yeah, they're not they're not edibles. If they're edibles, will there'll no. be a withhold. So no, you can do that regularly. Uh, you know, you could do it every week if necessary. But the more of them mm. you get out, the better. Right. And where do they come from? How do they get into the soil in the first place? Well, you're not going to like this because it's that time of year. Christmas beetles. Ah, beetles. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They right. lay them. Oh, okay. Oh, so is that what they are? They're actually a, a larvae of a Christmas they beetle? They are. Oh, gross. Okay. And we Lovely. love Christmas Thank beetles, you. but... <laughs> <laughs> Don't even see many of those around like we used to. No, but, you know, that once they're in there, you see the cycle starts. You don't have mm. to be seeing oh. the Christmas beetles flying around mm. all the time. It's a one-off thing and then the, the cycle starts and we're in trouble. Oh, thanks so much, Judy. I'll get on to that. That's okay. You're welcome. And go straight out and do them now. I will. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Pauline. Bye. Bye. Bye.
We've got Kevin from Woodbury, and he's got some questions about fertilising his watermelons and rock melons. Oh, in the absence of bees. bees. Oh, Kevin, it's a real problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was wondering, do I have to pick the male flowers off and rub them on to the little watermelons to fertilise them? Well, or? you can do that. You can do that. Will um, they do it without, will they grow without that happening? Look, they probably will. I think uh, particularly watermelons, they're very easy to, to grow. They take over your garden if you're not careful. Oh, they're doing that. Yeah. Um, look, I think you'd probably be okay without doing it, but, you know, if you're prepared to go the, you know, a little bit yeah. longer, well, you may as well give it a go. Will the wind just do it naturally? Uh, the wind can do it, and we're getting yeah. plenty of that again today, I've noticed. Yeah. Well I've, well, I've only got little fruit on at the moment, but I've got cucumbers as well, but they, they seem to be growing. And without the without the bees, so. And what about the rock melons? Are they going all right? Yeah, they're going great as well. But they've got little fruit on them. But I was just wondering, like, I had some sakunis last year with no bees, and they got so big and just rotted away. Right. I wonder if the melons would be the same. No, look, I think watermelons and rock melons are pretty tough creatures. Yeah. Um, and uh, the you know maybe the secret too is to hit them with some sulphate of potash. Yeah, right, okay. Well, I've, I use, I've got chicken poo and I've got cows out the back, so I use a lot of fertilised, uh, watered-down cow poo. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I keep that in a big bucket and I tip it on them all the time. Yeah, look, uh, I think you're doing the best you can, honestly, yeah. Kevin, yeah. Okay. okay, thanks, Judy. That's Thank okay, you. you're quite welcome. Okay, bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and URFM. If you've got a question, 49216216. And we've got Mick from Oakhampton. He's got a question about his lemon tree. Hello, Mick. What can I help you with? Hi, Judy. Um, I've got a lemon tree and I've got citrus scab in it. I've tried everything to try to get rid of it. The fruit's fine, but the, the outside of the lemon still have the scab on it. I've tried copper sulfate. I've given it a big skeleton prune and nothing seems to get rid of it. Right, Okay. Um, well, my sad story is, Mick, um, someone in the family who would have known better uh, pruned my lime tree and to cut the cat the scab out, yep. uh, and I've got uh, one leaf on it. Wow. Only one leaf. And I was going to talk about that today because I was surprised to find that one leaf has the biggest stink bug on I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, well, he won't get um, limes for his gin and tonics, will he? No, he won't. No, no. no. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think um, lemons are somewhat tougher. So um, if you're not seeing anything on it, uh, you know, have you fertilised it and been keeping the water up to it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's quite an old tree. I think it's been there for quite some time. But the... Um like after I did the skeleton prune, it come back to life, and like this, I get so much fruit on it. It's just the fruit has the scab on it, and doesn't seem to. Doesn't matter how much I fertilise it or give the copper sulphate, it just seems to seems to stay the scab. What about the copper oxychloride? When you say copper sulphate, yeah, like the the blue powder. That's yeah, like, right, right, okay. Well, that's the way to go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so maybe the tree might be diseased itself. I'm not sure. 
Well, to be quite honest, everyone thinks uh, citrus trees grow forever and they don't. They do right. have a limited lifespan. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that could be the problem. But yeah. in the meantime, just keep the copper um, uh, sulphate up to them and, and keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, no worries. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Mick. Jenny. That's the best I can offer you today. No, I appreciate your help. Except Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas Rashad. <laughs> and we've got Helen from Martinsville. She's got a question about pruning back her camellias. Oh, hi, Helen. Do you want hey, to prune Jenny, them hard? or oh, I'm very well yourself, dear. Good. I'm great. Thank you. Look, what I'm phoning for, I've got a beautiful old um, uh, Great Eastern camellia. It's about 45 years old, and I've got to have my roof done, and the bulls have told me that I'll have to chop some of it back. So how hard should I prune it? Uh, look, you can prune it. Now it's finished flowering. You yeah, can prune it, it back. a beautiful lot of crop on it. Lovely. Yeah. No, look, you could prune it back fairly hard. Um, and when, you know, when they're finished, hit it with uh, an application of cow manure to try and kick it yeah. back in again. But I've already got the cow manure ready. I've been down the paddock and got that. <laughs> Good girl. Good girl. Yeah. But, you know, how how hard do they want you to cut it back? No, no, it's only one side, really. And, um, it, yeah, it'll be all right, I think, because, um, I, I, you know, it's, I'm thinking, I just want to make sure that what to do, so if I... If I pamper it after it's done and put the cow manure on and keep it watered and that sort of thing. It'll be fine. It will be fine. And hit it with uh, that liquid flourish for flowering. Yeah, okay. When do I put that on? You can do that every week. Oh, okay. So if you want to get it over the shock of you cutting it back, start Mm -hmm. applying that to it every week. Okay, flourish. Yeah, flourish for flowering. Okay, all right, flourish, flourish. All right, then I'll do that. Thank you very much for help, Judy. Thank you, Helen. You're quite welcome. And have a lovely Christmas. And thank you. You have one too. I enjoy listening to you every Monday. Oh, thank you, dear. And you have a lovely Christmas. Let's all hope it's a day like this and not too hot. Exactly, exactly. Okay. (laughs) All right, then. Thanks, Judy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We've got Colin from Cessnock, and he might have an answer for Christmas beetles. Oh, Colin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you, what are you going to do? Do you trap them or do you... No, what, I hear you say all the time, or yeah, often, because I listen to your program, that um, they love pots. Well, I'm a bit of a night owl in the garden as well as the daytime, and uh, it appears to me they lay their eggs at the very end of their life, which yeah. is a pretty short life. And uh, they get into the pots, and most pots you, well, that I see in other people's places, in nurseries, they have the soils below the top of the pot. Right. So when they get in there, and sometimes they're on their back, but they're literally trapped in the in the pot. So what I've been doing for the last couple of years is I keep the uh, soil and mulch right up, even a little bit above the top of the pot, and I keep straw in the top of the mulch. So it's sort of hilled from the edge of the pot up towards the trunk of the plant. And when the beetles land in there, or especially if they get on their back, it's really easy for them to just turn over. And if they move anywhere, they walk off the pot and fall on the ground. Oh, Colin, you're a wonder. That's a great idea. Yeah, so I think they land in the pot and they feel like they're in jail. They're not loving it at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they've already laid their eggs, haven't they, the little wretches? 
Yeah, and it seems that they sort of lay them and die. Yeah, uh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I did Kanji Way a bit out of Cessnock, and uh, we seem to get plenty of Christmas beetles. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I think we all do still in the city, but um, it's amazing now they've got a bad reputation, unfortunately, because a lot of people grow in pots today uh, and not in the garden, and so they really love to be in the pots. There's no risk about it. Yeah, but I think they just happen to land in there and then they're, uh, they're stuck. So I've yeah. found by doing what I'm doing, you go down there at night or even in the morning and there'll be dead Christmas beetles around the pot, not in the pot. Oh, right, OK. Well, Colin, that's a wonderful hint um, and I'm sure everyone that's listening out there today who um, have the cockchafer grubs running around in their pots will be very glad to hear that solution. And that's a simple thing to do. Pile the soil up to the top of the pot. That's your answer, yeah. isn't it? Well, that and having the sugar, um, not sugar cane, the, the straw as part of your mulch. Yep, yep. Because it doesn't sit flat. When they're stuck upside down, it's very easy for them to turn back over. Yeah, and then they, yeah. Then, then they walk off and, of course, walk out of the pot. And, you know, you could get up every morning and go around and, and take the little fellas off, couldn't you? Yeah, well, I find if they die, though, overnight, it's too late. They've laid their eggs. Yeah, yeah, they have, yeah. That's what I found anyway. And I have made some amazing big pots, which I have a 100 questions for you about, but um, I'll need to send some photos in first. So oh, I'll that's a right. wonderful idea. You know our um, email, don't you? Um, no, just let me write that down. Uh, yep, it's gardening. At two in your RFM. Oh, that's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Um, I'd love to see them. Yeah, in the next couple of weeks, and uh, I'll have a few questions for you. Now, Colin, we've only got one week left. Yes. Oh, what? Yeah, so send them in ready for next week if you can. If I can. Otherwise, you have a great Christmas, and I'll talk to you next year. <laughs> oh, thank you, Colin. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Have a good day and a great Christmas. Thank you. Bye. Before we do wrap up for today, Judy, if there's some big awards tonight. Yes, yes. It's the yearly garden competition. Yep. And the winners will be announced on NBN tonight. But I have to say, being a judge, the quality of the gardens were outstanding, make it, making it very difficult to judge them. Uh, and congratulations to the winners. Yep. Uh, so we have the best over 2,000 square metres. Uh, the winners were Morpeth and Lambton. And I'm not going to say any more because then that's giving away the secret. Right. So we're just te- looking at a little tease. A little tease. <laughs> and the ones under 2,000 square metres were Hamilton North and Cardiff Heights. So tune in to NBN News tonight and... Find out who the winners find are. Find out who the winners are. Righty-o. Judy Shope, just before we wrap up for today, is there anything you want to mention before you leave well, us? You know, we have been talking about a lot of pests and bugs, haven't yep. we? But the one thing we haven't talked about is um, the mealy bug. Now, oh, it right. rages at this time of year. You yep. know what that's like, don't you? Ah, oh, just run it through for the people who don't know what it's like. <laughs> it's the little white bug that hides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, it under looks... The, under the leaves? Yeah, it looks yep. like rice or flour. Yep. And um, at the moment, they're whole, they'll be hiding down in the foals where the stems join the branches. So you've got to use malathon and white oil. Is that where you've got to, you've got to go under the leaf as well and wipe under the leaf or, yeah. or spray under? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you've, you've got to get them yep. because they multiply so quickly. But, you know, particularly, say, something like an agapanthus that are all out in flower at the moment, 
when the flowering is complete, a lot of people don't cut the stems off and you'll find that mealybug is breeding right down where the stem comes out of the leaves. Right, yeah. So you've got to go right down to the bottom of it. And... Yeah, you have to, yeah. So there's lots of things you need to do at this time of year, but um, unfortunately we... we've run out of time, time today. And we've got to get on the mealybug straight up. Yes, yes, definitely. Sounds like, well, it is a pest, so. Oh, it is a pest. <laughs> Judy Sharp, thank you very much. We'll catch you again next time next week. Next week. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>